Welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast. This podcast is for leaders in the social sector like you who want to make a difference. Each episode is packed with practical ideas on how you can be more innovative and create an even bigger social impact. We share our ideas on what you can do and also speak to leaders from the sector to share best practice. So let's get into it and let's talk impact. All right, welcome to another episode. Dan Bentley here and also Tracy Newman. But today we're actually joined by Alicia Hancock from Hancock Creative. Welcome, Alicia. Hi, it's fantastic to be here. Yeah, good to have you here. We've just been talking off air that I've just survived the Melbourne earthquake, which was uh, really lucky. There's been a bit of damage in the city, I think, but my whole house was just shaking just before we did this. And I think even in Adelaide, they, they felt some of the tremor, I think, Trace. Is that right? That's right. Apparently in the CBD, they felt it, but I didn't feel anything here, so it doesn't count. So your podcast is making such a big impact, it literally made the earth move. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah, that Love would it. be nice. <laughs> hey, Alicia, can you just tell everybody that's uh, listening in today, what does Hancock Creative do? Well, Hancock Creative, we specialize in helping not-for-profits, charities, social impact. We call them worthy cause organizations. Develop social media strategies that actually make a difference. So instead of just chasing lots of new likes or followers on their page, we actually teach them how to make strategies to tell their story and use those stories to raise more money or attract more awareness or build volunteer bases or anything that they need to do. And the reality is in the world we're all living in at the moment, having digital communities is just more and more important every day. Yeah, I could imagine in the last year and a half especially, the need for your services would have greatly increased because of how people are going to have to start educating people and telling their stories through these digital channels. Yeah, absolutely. A lot more people need what you do when they're going through hard times, but it's always a difficult kind of dichotomy in that some of them are absolutely flying right now and doing really well and getting great results and others are obviously really hit by what's going on, especially those in lockdown states. So it's always a challenging space because we're always trying to balance the we just want to help everyone and the purpose and, you know, trying to be sustainable and exist so we can keep on helping people as well. So always a challenge, but look, it's such a great honor to be able to help as many people as we do. So I can't complain. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. And I guess that's how we know you as well is through working in the same space. So we work with similar types of clients, but we do different types of work and we consumed your content for a while, but then I actually think I met you when you were in Melbourne and you were doing one of your change the world events at one of the buildings in uh, South Melbourne, I think it was, and caught up with you after it. And we thought, let's have a chat. And it's probably over a couple of years ago now or something like that. We haven't even done an in-person event for nearly two years. So yeah, it'd be well literally more than that now. So yeah, I remember that. And we were just like, oh, this kind of makes sense. Let's start having some conversations and it's kind of gone from there. I was going to say, I remember the, the good old days where events used to be in buildings, but probably for you, it's actually been a good thing that you can actually run these events now and they're so much more accessible so you know it's not like you have to travel into the cbd you know so people who are regional people in in other states and i think you had one that was actually everywhere across the world at one point which is amazing yeah we have and look that's definitely the plus side i mean i think people like to get in person like i enjoy the vibe of being in the room with you know three or four hundred charities who have that energy and the passion and getting to actually meet people and talk to them but as you say going virtual it means now that we can reach 
you know, states we like we've done five states in person events, but we've been able to get people now to help in Tasmania and regional Victoria, Northern Territory, like in places we haven't been able to travel to yet, have been able to all come together. New Zealand now we work a lot with. And also even just for a lot of people at our market, we obviously have a lot of people with disabilities or mental health challenges or been through trauma that work in our space. So sometimes for them, being able to dial in from the comfort of their own home is a lot more accessible. And even, you know, so many people in the charity space are parents as well who are juggling kids. So it makes it a little bit easier for people sometimes than trying to get to a physical event. So there's definitely pros and cons of both models. I'd love to get back to doing some face-to-face stuff again, but I'm not sure that we'll ever entirely go back to what we used to do. Maybe a bit more of a hybrid type approach where you have some people online and some people there in person. That would be cool. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. So why have we got you on the podcast today? Well, I think you're going to talk to us about how if you have an innovation, how do you tell that story? How do you get that out there across these platforms and get people on board with what you're what you've done and what you what you've created and that impact and how do you share that? I think that's why we've got you on here today. And I think you've come up with about I think it's six different tips for us, which is man, going to be jam-packed value into this episode that we've got. So I'm looking forward to it. Love that. Love lots of value. And look, I think it's such a great topic because the thing is we can be creating all this impact. And there's a lot of charities and causes out there that are doing these like incredible things. They're changing people's lives. They're making a big difference. But nobody knows about it. They're like the best kept secret because sometimes we just don't know how to communicate that story. And unfortunately, that flows through in the organization to sometimes more limited funds because there's less people donating or philanthropic partners because they just don't know what it is they're doing and how they're making a difference. So I love the fact that you're helping encourage people to share those impact stories. I definitely would love to go through a few tips and advice of things I've learned. I've been in the space for 10 years now, how I've learned how to amplify stories for people in the cause space. And I think one of the first ones, which is really topical for your theme of the podcast, is you actually have to innovate your communication channels. The really big thing we've seen in the last 18 months is what was working, you know, a year ago or two years ago when it comes to communication and marketing. It's just not working now. Like perfect example, like we were doing a lot of communication through face-to-face events. Well, there's just not a lot of ability to do that right now. And it's riskier for organizations. So they have to go digital. There has to be a lot more options. So it's really important that if you haven't really seriously looked at what your communication channels are in the last year or even the last six months, that you really start there because the markets have changed. The people are using the platforms has changed. The way we're using the platforms has changed. You know, we've had the fastest uptake in social media usage globally in the last 12 months than we've seen in the last five years. So there's been over a 12% increase in uptake in social media use around the world in the last 12 months. What that means now is it's not a young people's thing. You know, the fastest growing audience are 55 plus on social media because they're trying to stay connected with everything that's going on. So as a cause, if you're not telling your impact stories to people, you're not telling people about all the amazing things you're doing across digital channels, through your email marketing, through your website, through your social channels, the reality is you're missing out on a lot of people. In Australia, the stats are that 80% of Australians are now active social media users. That's an awful lot of population that you might not be talking to effectively yet. So that's definitely my first tip, making sure you're innovating what channels you're using. Yeah, cool. And how do people do that? Is it just about staying on top of what's out there and trying to think about your target market and what they might be using? Is Yeah, what are some, some tips on how people can do that? I think that's really, really important. So my next step is start with your goals. 
So you need to know what you're trying to achieve. Like I have a lot of conversation with charities and not-for-profits where they're like, oh, social media is not really working for us. We're not really getting results. We don't think it's worthwhile. And I'm like, okay, cool. So what is the goal? Like what are you trying to achieve from your Facebook page? And they're like, oh, we just want to get likes. We want to get a bit of engagement. And I'm like, well, there's no wonder you're not getting results. You don't actually know what the goal is. You can't clarify what success even looks like. So that's the first thing. Like what are you actually trying to get out of your channel? Whether it's your email marketing, whether it's your website, you know, you need to know what a successful result looks like so you can measure it and you can know when you're getting there and you can work towards that. Otherwise, what happens is people just start creating content. So we just post random things here and there when we've got time, but there's no strategy, there's no thought, and we're not working people towards a specific goal. So that goal is really important. And look, I'm a big advocate that if your goal is to get 10,000 followers on your Instagram account, you're doing it wrong. The goal instead should be we're going to use Instagram to build our membership base by 10% or we're going to use it to attract, you know, 200 new NDIS customers this year or we're using it to recruit a new level of volunteering for our programs or we're using it to get corporate partners or philanthropic donations or whatever it might be. It needs to be something tangible that actually makes your organization more successful. Otherwise, social media is just going to become one more job you've got to do and that just adds to your never-ending to-do list, adds pressure, and it's not actually doing anything good. So always, always start with goals. The third tip, which you just mentioned there, Dan, is about audience. Once you know what you want to achieve, the next question is, who am I achieving that from? So if your goal is to get, you know, corporate partners, then we're like, okay, well, the people we need to speak to to do that are, you know, maybe it's HR managers in mid-sized corporations Or um, if you're trying to find, you know, mum and dad donors, it's like, well, you know, Facebook and Instagram is where you're going to find a lot of those people. And Facebook has all these embedded fundraising tools, which makes it really easy to do really quick and easy fundraisers. So that's when I would start to go, okay, well, now we know our goal. Now we can start understanding our audience. And I know this is something you guys resonate with a lot. That's when we start really profiling those audience avatars and go, okay, well, this is the ideal person who's going to donate. This is who's going to give regularly. There's no point trying to chase people who never really get what you do. We're trying to find the people who already have that proclivity to want to help. And we just want to bring that community together and turn them towards our goal. My next thing is always focusing on the audience. Like people go straight to platforms like, oh, we're going to do Facebook or Instagram. It's like, I can't answer that question because you don't know your goal and you don't know who you're trying to reach. Because the reality is every platform is used differently by different audiences. So Instagram, for example, if you're my age demographic, when I'm on Instagram, it's just me. Like you find me at at Alicia Hancock. That's what my generation and kind of age group does. But if you're trying to target someone who's 20, well, the reality is they have three to five Instagram accounts. They have their perfect polished one with their real name, which is their outward like face. They have one under their nickname, which is actually where their real mates follow them. And they generally have one to three hobby-based channels as well. So they're using the platform in a really different way. So if you don't understand that about your audience, how can you make good decisions? How can you know whether you should be creating reels or newsfeed posts or stories if you don't know who you're talking to and the way they use the platform? So definitely audiences is next. And then from there, it's all about sorting out the right messaging to get to those people. I like that idea of, you know, we, we obviously advocate this a lot and you sort of referenced that before that be person-centered in your thinking, right? You get that right, it's going to make a lot more sense. And I think we've seen this ourselves. I mean, we don't work so much in the communication channel side of things, but you hear people say, I need to get a TikTok. I need to get this video out on TikTok. If your target market is, you know, the people that are using TikTok, that's great. But if it's not, 
then there's no point maintaining that channel. You might as well put all your effort into the channel that they are using. They don't think about that. They just think, oh, well, TikTok is something we need to be on. We need to be on there. It's like the analogy of using Google Maps and you're not putting in a destination and you're not putting in the way that you want to travel and you're just going, well, this this system doesn't work. No, no, <laughs> you have no destination and you haven't put in whether you want to catch a bus or walk or, or drive a car. So therefore, it's never going to give you quality information back out. Absolutely. That is such a good analogy. I'm totally sealing that one. <laughs> you can have it. I love analogies. <laughs> it's such a great way to explain it. You're right. Because like, how do you think you're going to get from A to B if you have no idea? You're just going to whine, waste time, waste fuel, waste money. And that's what people are doing. And they're spending too much time. And look, we've had plenty of clients over the years that have had this kind of problem. And certainly the TikTok Reels thing I'm seeing a lot at the moment. I've had clients reach out and go, oh, we've got, you know, 200,000 followers on our TikTok account. I'm like, that's amazing. They're like, yeah, we're nailing it. It's like, so what's the outcome? And they're like, we've got 200,000 followers. It's like, well, what does that mean? Are you raising more money? Are you raising more awareness? And they're like, we've got 200,000 TikTok followers. So, you know, it's a bit of a cycle. And we talked our executive team into doing a dance. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's nice because you've got community and audience, but if you can't convert that community and audience to something that makes a difference, that's where the disconnect is. If we crunch down to what the organization needs, it means they're physically paying someone's wage and putting time and effort, maybe even budget into growing that audience. But then it's a straight cost on their P&L. There's no corresponding income or benefit. So that starts to become a problem because the bigger the channel gets, the more work it takes, the more it's going to cost, and it has to be translated to an outcome. So the next step for me usually from there is looking at messaging. You're on the right channels, like you've got the right goals, you've got the right people. Then it's thinking about what stories they need to tell. And I use the word story, which I know you did in the topic for this podcast really purposefully, because I think too many people are creating content and not telling stories. And one of the easiest ways to explain it to people is to say, okay, your job when you tell stories about your impact or about your project or about what you're doing is you need to take someone from over here. They may not have even heard of your charity before. They have no idea who you are and what you do to here, which is where your goal sits, which is this is when they've made a donation or they've actually volunteered or they've bought your service or they've used your program or they've gone and got their breast cancer screening test or whatever it is your goal is. You need to figure out what story comes between here and here. So what do they need to feel? What do they need to think? What information do they need to know? How do you build trust? And then that's where your storytelling comes from because you can actually know what happens in that process. We don't think like that. We just go, oh, this happened in the office one that this day. We'll do a that post or here's a funny meme that relates to us. We'll chuck that up. We don't think about what it's actually going to take to move someone from not knowing us to actually being ready to take action. And that's kind of where the messaging part really has to come from. It has to come from really thinking about what that user experience or journey is, which again, I know is, is totally in your wheelhouse. It's so important, is it? Because you're right. If you're, if you're just chucking out, here's what we've got coming up or, you know, like just content, content, content for the sake of content, that doesn't engage people anymore. Our feeds are filled with advertising and filled with things like that. It is those stories that we know that is what humans connect with, isn't it? For hundreds and thousands of years, humans have connected through stories. It's how we've taught people things. It's how people have passed on information through generations and all that. That stuff still works no matter whether you're talking to someone over a coffee or whether you're chucking something on Instagram, right? Absolutely. And I often talk about that. Like almost every culture in the world has 
these powerful stories that sit behind it. You know, we've got the hieroglyphics from the ancient Egyptians. That's how we know how they lived in their life. They told stories and literally wrote them on the wall. You know, First Nations culture, it's heavily story-based. We learn to understand the world around us through story. And even, you know, as a mum, like when my son struggles with something or has a challenge or there's something I'm trying to teach him a lesson about, I'll go and find a book. Like I had a great book I bought him when he was younger called Just the Way We Are. And it's about all different types of families. So here's a family where, you know, mum and dad live in a different house. And here's a family that has two dads. And here's a family where the grandparents live with them. And it was just a really great way of kind of helping him understand that not every family looks the same as ours. And we do that with kids and it's something we're brought up with. But for some reason, when we become adults, we forget the power of stories in understanding things. And I remember seeing the speaker at, I think it was the National Volunteering Conference that came over from Canada. And he did a lot of research into how our brains work. And I'm probably going to mangle this, but it really just stuck with me, this idea that people just aren't wired to connect to things like data and statistics a lot of the time. Take the earthquake this morning. If we're on the radio, listen to radio on the way to work, and we hear that, you know, this bunch of devastations happen, this many business collapse, this many people are hurt, we go, wow, that's horrible. But it kind of leaves our mind a lot faster than if we heard a story of a woman being interviewed going, I was just walking down the street and there was the, everything started to move. And then, you know, bricks started falling off the building and crumbled and I had to grab my child out of the way and she got hit in the head by a brick and she was screaming and that was there was people running and it was terrifying. That actually connects a different part of our brain. And that story stays with us like up to five times longer. We're much more likely then to get to work and go, oh, I heard this thing this morning and wow, did you hear about that? It just connects with us differently. And that's one of the key things with storytelling is to bring in that kind of emotion. Are you looking for innovative ways for your organisation to deliver more impact? Take our online assessment and receive a customised report in your inbox that highlights exactly what to do next. It takes only five minutes to fill out and it's completely free. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au slash self-assessment. The other thing I wanted to bring up with my sort of tip number five is you need to tell stories again and again. Like sometimes we make that mistake of going, okay, we've just done, you know, this amazing new project with Impacto. We've just really figured out our impact story. We've just done this really cool thing. And we go, okay, we need to tell everybody. And we write this like massive social post or this massive email, this one article for our website. And we hit publish and we're like, yeah, we've done it. We've told the world. And then we're a bit disappointed because there's not kind of the interest we thought we'd get out of it. It's just not the way we communicate. As you said, our feeds are so full of information all the time. You need to break these stories down into small pieces and you need to tell them again and again over time. You know, just even the way the algorithms work across social platforms. Chances are if you post once, only a tiny percentage of the audience is going to see that story. So if you broke that story into 50 pieces and told it over two months, Chances are by the end of the two months, everybody in your audience has seen a few things around that and have at least got a sense of what that impact project and they know what you're about. So try not to like chunk everything into one basket and put it out there and think, yep, I've done my job. I've told that story. Storytelling has to be a constant process. And I work with a lot of my students to create kind of key content pillars and go in our business and our charity these are the eight things or the five things or three things that we always have to have people to know about us. 
And there we're constantly just finding new content that fits within those stories. So anytime someone joins our social channel, they could follow us on Facebook this morning and they will still get that same sense of those stories coming through immediately instead of, you know, just seeing a random post today that might have nothing to do with them. So it's that constant repetition is important. I like that, isn't it? I think when you're running a social media account for your own business or whether it's for your organization, I think people, when they, especially when they first start doing it, they think, well, you know, I don't want to spam people and I don't want to put things out there. But the reality is only such a small amount of people see what you post. You know, that's the thing, isn't it? And maybe if they do see it, they may not watch the whole thing. It's just about that repetition is so important, one, to get the reach, but two, you know, they may have skimmed past it the first time, but the second time or the third time, they might actually go, actually, I've got time or this is actually is interesting. I've seen it again, maybe this time I'll I'll look at it. So it is that it's so important to get that repetition right. I mean, you can spam people, but most of the time you're not doing that if it's good content. A lot of the time it just takes a while for people to really, I guess, notice it because, you know, as you know, you think about it yourself, you flick through your feed, right? You're flicking through things at the moment. There's just so much information that's coming into our heads every single time that we enter these platforms. People just look for things that catch their eye. So yes, I love that. Like depending on which theorist you listen to, they say it's between 11 and 17 touch points for something to stick in your brain. So that's why, you know, major corporations advertise everywhere and spend so much and repeat the same ads again and again, because you have to see it multiple times before you take action. And as you know, we run our Change the World conferences. One of the things we're most proud of is a lot of people come along to them and go, I just saw it everywhere. Like, I don't really remember where I saw it, but I just felt like it was everywhere for the last four weeks. And that's because you know, we might have sent them a LinkedIn message about it, but we might have invited them to the event on LinkedIn. They might have seen an ad on their Facebook or Instagram account. They might have had an email from Impacto or one of our partners who've gone, hey, this full event's coming up that you might want to know about. So they might see it in your email and go, oh, that sounds really interesting. I should look into that. But they're busy and they're thinking about something else. It's gone out of their head again. They're not registering. They're not coming along. They might hear about it a month later and go, oh, damn, I missed that. Whereas if it pops up again in their Facebook and then it pops up again in their LinkedIn, they're like, okay, the universe has spoken to me. I need to register for this thing. And even then when people go to the landing page, we will retarget ads to people who didn't register and go, okay, you came to our page, you checked it out. Do you have any questions for us? Here's a bit more info. Here's a video. And we still get people who will then click back and then register using that. So people just need to see things more than once. But the statistics support that as well. Like, Email marketing in Australia for charities, 24% the average open rate for an email account. So you can send four emails and sure, somebody who's super keen is going to open all four, but most likely the vast majority of your audience will only still see that message once or maybe twice at the most. And if you've told the story in a really good way, even if they see it twice, it's the same message, but you've written it in a different way. They're still engaged both times. Social media, it's even harder. Like if you look at a mainstream platform like Facebook, if you don't have a good strategy for Facebook, a page organic reach is 3% and actual engagement rate is less than 1%. So what that means in real terms, if 100 people like your page and you post, less than three people see it and not even a whole person will click like. So you have to have that kind of repetition and that strategy to make sure you're reaching a bigger audience, you're engaging a bigger audience, but also that you do have those stories coming through often enough that they are getting those messages. But it's always important to mention it's not about frequency. So there was a theory about four or five years ago with Facebook that the optimal time of posting was seven times a day. I mean, people in the charity course space, you're never going to be able to do that. We just don't have the resources. But that's not true anymore. 
we know now that most causes, they can post two or three times a week and really drive good results. So you're better off having consistency than frequency. So consistency in the story and telling it less often, but really thinking about your content and being strategic with it rather than just throwing stuff up just so you can tick the box to say that you posted this week. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong because obviously we're not experts in this. This is why we've got you on here to talk about this stuff. But it also prioritizes good content, not just like you, you don't get a medal for competing. You know, at the end of the day, like if your content's crappy, it'll show it to a few people. If they don't react, then it just stops showing it to people. Whereas if it shows it to a few people and they like it, then all of a sudden that's when it starts showing it to more people and it kind of grows. So I think that goes back to what you are talking about before too is that being consistent, but being consistent with the quality of your content too is better than just spamming people with like seven a day of something that's not telling a story just sort of ticking the box isn't it because the platform will reward you for good content the algorithms are immensely complex and algorithms are a bit of a misnomer because there's not one algorithm every platform runs you know seven ten twelve and they all look for different things but the simplest explanation is if your posts do get heaps of engagement, it will organically reach more people. Most of the platforms have something called a content quality score. So when you put your post out, like you said, if it's at a bad time of day, no one really sees it, no one engages with it, the content wording is not super relevant to what people are looking at right now, your format's not relevant, then you're exactly right. You've got a short window of time. If no one engages, your content quality score, distribution score will drop. It will be seen by 100 people. And then your next post might suddenly get seen by a thousand people and people are like, well, why is that? As you say, it's all about that engagement. And that takes me pretty nicely to my sixth tip I was going to share, which is the way you tell your story does matter. I'm still seeing too many charities and causes going on social or even in your emails. They're trying to be so professional. They're like, we have to put out this like really good image that we're amazing and we're great at what we do. And Sometimes that corporate professional just comes across as too robotic and not very personal, not very human. Like with your podcast, I love that, you know, it's conversational, it's chatting, it's, you know, casual. You get a sense of who you are. Too many of us lose that in our communication. Particularly what we've seen in all the research that has come out in the last six months is there's been a massive shift, even with businesses. People want to see emotion. They want to see vulnerability, they want transparency, and they want emotional connection. Like we're already seeing people are changing their buying decisions based on how businesses have supported their employees during COVID. So if you're not talking about that story and you're not sharing what's going on with your team, you're not going to be on the list of people that they want to support. People are actively looking to help right now. They want to make a difference. They want to help those who are struggling, but you're never going to have that connection with people unless you get emotional. Unless you talk about your feelings, the wins, the struggles, the you know celebrations, the successes, they actually want to meet real human beings. They want to see your faces. They want to see what you're going through. And you know sometimes that means getting uncomfortable and vulnerable. And we do get organisations where CEOs and boards are like, "Oh, don't share that. That was a mistake. You know, we can't let people know we did something wrong." It's like you'll be surprised how much opening up and going, "Hey, we thought this fundraiser was going to be amazing, but it really fell flat on its face," makes people go oh, wow, I didn't realize you were struggling that much. And now you're in this position. Hey, look, I'm going to find a way to support you. And opportunities come from that because people are like, oh, I've got an idea of how I can help. You know, the way we tell our stories matter just as much as the stories we tell. 
I think, you know, going to work and having Zoom meetings and, you know, the CEO's three-year-old decides at that point that he wants to come and hit him over the head with his toy truck. Like it's really difficult for people to sort of keep up that professional facade that you used to be able to manage strategically in the office that just doesn't cut it in your own home with real live children. And it's just that thing. It's become really lovely, actually. We, we're getting so much more of an insight into who we are as people as opposed to who we are in that sort of professional persona, which is not who anyone actually is. So I think it's great that we're removing that unnecessary facade and actually just like, let's be real. Let's let's be authentic. Let's be who we are. And that's where it's coming from, for sure. And, you know, particularly here in Australia, when we have people in lockdown and working from home, working remotely, they've been forced into this. But I think it's what people wanted all along. But I definitely had one of those aha moments myself when I was on the phone to the ATO. So like if you think about organisations that are going to be formal and professional and have to follow a script and a process, it's the ATO, you know, the tax office. And I was talking to this woman and we were going through you know, technical stuff about, you know, payment plans with bads and things like that. And then all of a sudden I hear in the background this like, mom, mom. And I, I was like, mom. I need you to wipe my bum. (laughs) And she was like, I am so sorry. And I'm like, it just changed the whole conversation. I'm like, don't worry, I've got kids. Go go quickly, do what you need to do. Come back, it's fine. And like the whole conversation changed from there. And I think that's what people are looking for in your stories. You've got to be vulnerable. You've got to, you know, talk to people what you're going through. And they just resonate with you so much better. I think people are just looking to connect right now. And the amazing thing is, People want to help at the moment and they don't always know how. So that's where the huge opportunities are for charities and impact organisations. Now is the time to tell your impact stories. Now's the time to get in front of your audience and show them how you're helping and what you're doing. It doesn't matter if your cause has nothing to do with COVID and what's going on. You could still be going, hey, don't forget while COVID's happening, you know, kids are still getting cancer and animals are still being hurt and all these other things are happening as well. But we just need to find the right way to tell those stories that work for our organisation. And people want to help. They're going to connect with you. And it's amazing how you can see results start to shift when you find that story. Wow, you really brought that home. Wow, that really moved me saying that because it's so true, isn't it? I guess the thing that I've really taken out of a huge amount of tips you've just given us in that really short amount of time, Alicia, that was awesome, is that we looked at these channels as something else. I think they've become a thing that people are trying to almost gamify and try and work out how to do them. And I think it's just coming back now. It's gone full circle and it's come back to go, people want to connect with humans and people want to connect with stories. It's really just gone back to just going, you know what, at the end of the day, it's still humans communicating with other humans, right? And these are just channels on how to do that. So whether you're on the phone, whether you're at an event, whether you're on social media, whether you're sending emails, at the end of the day, it all comes back to the one thing is that it's humans trying to communicate with humans and they're just different ways of doing it. But the same principles still remain the same. It's about being authentic and it's about being interesting. It's about telling those stories that we've been doing as a species for a really, really long time. And if you get that stuff right, then people will connect with it. Could not agree more. I think that's such a great summary of everything we've talked about. Don't be afraid of the technology. It's not the technology that matters. You know, people come, oh, but this has changed with the algorithm and this thing's changed with iOS 14. At the end of the day, sure, that stuff impacts. But at the end of the day, if you're telling a good story the right way to the right people, it doesn't matter if you've got spelling mistakes. It doesn't matter if your picture's not perfect. If you tell a real story, you can get results without being any kind of specialist in the space because it just resonates with people. I love that. 
So yeah, and I really like the other bit too that you talked about too, is just like thinking about your strategy before you start doing this stuff. So if you have created a new innovation or you, you're doing something that's having a huge impact, think about it before you just start going out there and just posting and posting and posting. Because if you're thinking about who you need to get this story to, and you're thinking about the ways that they're going to best consume that, then you're going to kind of know, well, there's no point of going across all of the channels. You might want to think about, well, our, we know that our target audience is on this channel and that we know that this is the sort of content that they would find watchable, clickable, whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Getting that first, I think, was the other thing that I took out is just really sit down doing that thinking before you go out there and start putting effort. Because as we know, the people that we work with and the people that listen to this podcast, they're trying to do more with less resources all the time, right? So doing that little bit of thinking at the start can really ensure that you're being efficient and that you're going to get what you want out of it rather than just, you know, more likes, more clicks, you know, that sort of stuff. Absolutely. I think it was such a good chat. I think it's such an important conversation to have. So I just want to thank you both so much for giving me the time to have this conversation with you. And I hope everybody listening has got a lot of great tips and ideas out of it. If they need any more help and support, they can always reach out and contact us at Hancock Creative or, of course, you and your amazing team as well with the fantastic projects you do as well. That's great. We'll make sure that you've got that linked in our show notes as well so that the peeps listening know how to find you nice and easy. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to talk to us, Alicia. I think there's so much value that you've given in this podcast episode. And yeah, we, like Tracy said, all that info will be in the show notes. We've used Alicia's team to do our strategy for our social media and it was really, really helpful. So yeah, absolutely get in contact if you are sitting there thinking, geez, I don't even know where to get started. They can really help you get on your way. So thank you so much, Alicia. It's been awesome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Innovate for Impact podcast. Any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes. If you'd like to know more about social innovation, visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au. Thanks for listening. Now go out there and make an impact.